I went down the sex cult rabbit hole, and what I found was shocking. Mr. Reagan. So I have done a deep dive investigation into sex cults. Why would I do that? Well, it started about two years ago when I went to a Hollywood party. And while there, I met a photographer who had worked with many of the most important people in Hollywood. And after I mentioned a few directors that I liked, he told me that he absolutely hated these people. This, of course, piqued my curiosity. And so naturally, I asked why. What he said next led me down the craziest rabbit hole you could possibly imagine. That, in one moment, first I have to sell you something. There's no denying it, gold is hot right now. Prices are soaring and experts are predicting even more to come. Not so long ago, gold reached its all-time high of $2,069 per ounce. And now it's inching ever closer to that number once again. Bank of America, one of the largest banks in the world, is saying that gold will rise further still to over $2,200 an ounce later this year. So what? Well, gold is already a safety net for your hard-earned money. And now, when the stock market is all over the place and the value of the dollar is uncertain, being safe really counts like never before. Right now, Noble Gold is offering a 5-ounce America the Beautiful coin for any qualified IRA or 401k rollover. Terms apply. A solid silver U.S. Mint-issued coin celebrating our national parks free with every qualifying precious metals IRA or 401k rollover. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold Investments. Call 877-646-5347 or go to noblegoldinvestments.com. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. As this photographer spoke about the Hollywood elite, he did so with utter disgust. His face contorted. He would look away as if he couldn't even bear the thought of these people. Finally, he said to me, look up the Frankists, okay? So that night after the party, I stayed up for hours researching the Frankists, or more accurately, the Sabbatean Frankists. And it was fascinating. If what I've read about this cult is true, then it makes a lot of sense that some conspiracy theorists believe that it is the Sabbatean Frankists who, to this very day, secretly rule the world. So who were these Sabbatean Frankists? Well, it started with the Sabbateans, an 18th century messianic cult. And their false messiah, a man named Sabbatai Zevi. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I think that's something close. Anyway, the Sabbateans apparently believed that there was a different god, different from the Judeo-Christian god. And they believed that this other god was the real god, and that the Judeo-Christian god was actually a false god that needed to be circumvented in order to get to the so-called real god. And they believed that the best way to circumvent the Judeo-Christian god was to disobey him. And so to the Sabbateans and later to the Sabbatean Frankists, defying God was actually a good thing. In other words, the morality of this cult was be evil. So the Sabbateans practiced the opposite of standard religious laws, traditional rules, and normal ethics. And because this was initially a Jewish cult, the Sabbateans would intentionally break Jewish religious laws. They ate non-kosher foods. And on every Jewish fasting day, the Sabbateans would observe a feast day. Now, Sabbatai Zevi developed his cult around modern-day Turkey, what uh, we would call Anatolia. And in this region, it was controlled by Muslims. And these Muslims said, look, we don't like this cult of yours. We think that you guys are weirdos and creeps. And if you don't convert to Islam, we're going to kill you. And so Sabbatai Zevi said, 
yeah, good, I'll convert to Islam. And he told all of his followers also to convert to Islam, but not really, right? It was a false conversion. They pretended to convert to Islam, but really they continued to practice their weird cult. And they called themselves, I don't know if they called themselves this or they were eventually labeled this, but they are called the Sabbatean Donme. They're called the Donme. And as the years went by, there was a gentleman by the name of Jacob Frank who became aware of this cult. He was living in what we, we now would consider Turkey, and he was working there, and he came into contact with this cult, and he was like, I like this cult. I want to be part of this. Not only do I want to be part of this, I think I should start a branch of it back in Poland. So he goes back to Poland, and he starts up another branch of this cult. And these, this branch becomes the Frankists, right? And Jacob Frank decides he's going to be the new Sabbatai Zevi. He's going to be the new Messiah, right? And so these Frankists, these Sabbatean Frankists, they accepted this guy as their leader, their Messiah, whatever. And, and the cult became incredibly popular. But Jacob Frank, he took this Sabbateanism to another level. He took these fast days and he didn't just observe feast days, but they became mass orgies. And Jacob Frank took this Sabbateanism from a cult to a sex cult. And maybe it was always that way. I don't know. But the research that I have read does not indicate that the original Sabbateanism was too sexual. I think there was some like weird sexual stuff with even with that original cult. But Jacob Frank kind of went all in on the sex stuff, presumably because he was just trying to get as many women to sleep with him as possible. But uh, Sabbatean Frankism taught that the most important obligation of every person was not the observance of religious law, but rather the transgression of every boundary. Now, they seem to have two theories about their sexual deviancy. Uh, first of all, there was the concept of personal enlightenment. I mean, listen, if you can convince a woman that they're going to reach some kind of higher state of consciousness from having lots of sex with you, well, that's the ultimate con, isn't it? The other idea, the other theory they had about the sexual deviancy is that they would usher in a messianic age. So from what I read, personal enlightenment to the Frankists took a, a kind of V-shaped path, right? That is, in order to reach personal enlightenment, one had to first reach the depths of depravity. And according to some of the stuff that I read, this included truly abhorrent stuff, far beyond sexual deviancy, stuff like cannibalism and child sacrifice. I don't know if that was true or not, but that's what I read. After you reach your depths of depravity, humiliation, disgusting stuff, well then, and only then, could you then rise up again to become enlightened, right? So everybody was sort of forced to be depraved. And, and now let me talk about the concept of the messianic age through sexual deviancy. The goal of these cultists, as I hinted at before, was to bring about a messianic age. That is, an age of heaven on earth in which their God will rule over this world. And their belief was that in order to usher in this messianic age, it was necessary either to create a perfectly good world or a totally evil world. Either one of these would work. But since humans were intrinsically flawed, a perfect world was not possible. And so they believed the only way to usher in a messianic age was to make the world totally evil. And so they set out to bring evil upon the world. Their stated goal was, quote, the annihilation of every religion and positive system of belief. It actually sounds quite a lot like 
communism. Now, I read that Jacob Frank's own wife was very beautiful, and he used his wife to recruit new men into the cult, basically by sending her out to seduce and have sex with these men, and then convince them that if they would join this secretive cult, that they would have access to many more beautiful young women. And women were also commonly drawn to the cult by promises of enlightenment, as I mentioned before. And of course, they were required to have sex with the cult leader, Jacob Frank. And again, I, I really think it sounds like this guy was just a sexually depraved lunatic who figured out an effective way to trick women into sleeping with him. And as many of these women were the daughters of important men and even the wives of important men, this caused a lot of trouble. But despite this, Sabbatean Frankism became extremely popular throughout Jewish society in Europe in the 18th century. According to Wikipedia, there were 50,000 members at the height of the cult's popularity. Now, this may sound shocking, but sex cults constantly pop up throughout history. There is just a constant demand for promiscuous sex unbound by the confines of traditional morality. The Carpocratians were a 2nd century anti-Christian sex cult that believed in experiencing everything possible within one's lifetime, especially sex stuff. At the same time as the Frankists, Sir Francis Dashwood developed clubs in England that would later be called Hellfire Clubs. These clubs were reported to practice obscene parodies of religious rites, and it was rumored that prostitutes were brought in for these gatherings. In the early 1900s, Aleister Crowley founded the famous Thelema Sex Cult, which persists even to this very day. L. Ron Hubbard was involved with this cult in the 1940s, and he would eventually go on to found his own organization, Scientology. In 1968, David Berg founded the Children of God, a sex cult that mixed Christianity with sexual liberation and prostitution. The cult numbered 9,000 members at the time of David Berg's death in 1994. In the 1970s, the Rajneeshi sex cult numbered in the thousands, they bought a compound in Oregon in the 1980s that I've actually driven by with my family, and my mother pointed to it and said, that's the Rajneeshi cultist compound. My mom actually grew up just down the road from a hippie commune called the Athelians back in Oregon, which I just remembered, and it's kind of weird. According, I called my mom, actually, when I was writing this script. I, I called her up right afterwards, and I was like, hey, I just remembered that you were like living like, down the street from some like weird hippie commune and she's like oh yeah 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 they were actually pretty cool and i was like really okay you'd think that they'd be like kind of scary and she goes i think my dad went down at some point and like threatened to kill them if they ever did anything to us kids <laughs> so i was like yeah that sounds like grandpa that sounds like grandpa get off my lawn okay back to the back to the script many people consider fundamentalist mormonism a sex cult by the time he was arrested in 2006 the leader of this group warren jeff's had 81 wives. And then, of course, there is the Church of Satan, established by Anton LaVey in 1966, joined, perhaps surprisingly, by Sammy Davis Jr. Now, modern Satanists will certainly protest my classification of LaVeyan Satanism as a sex cult, but it's definitely a sex cult. <laughs> and we're all aware of the sex trafficking of Jeffrey Epstein and his famous clientele. We've all heard about the Nixium sex cult, and in my research, I uncovered another sex cult that has become popular in recent years, a sex cult that masquerades as a health and wellness company called One Taste. This is, I believe, how Nixium was marketed as well, as a health and wellness service. This seems to be the way that sex cults market themselves these days, so be wary of any health and wellness service with any kind of focus on sexuality, and absolutely do not 
ever join a sex cult. And I'll explain why in a little later, but really don't do it. The enduring popularity of sex cults is not really surprising. Lust is a very powerful compulsion, and the philosophy of a convincing sex cult can convince us to give in to this compulsion. You see, we all put up ethical barriers to stop ourselves from succumbing to licentious instincts, right? These barriers come from our religious rules, they come from social conventions, or even just our own sense of moral duty. But the sexual compulsion is still there, constantly bubbling up, tempting us. And so if somebody comes along who can convince us, truly convince us, that lowering these barriers is in fact the ethical thing to do, well then, that person has given us permission to give in to temptation, to violate our moral code, and to reject social conventions, even to turn our backs on our religion. And at the same time, we get to have more sex, and uh, that is a very seductive proposition for some people. And so if you can convince people that having sex with strangers is morally acceptable, you too can start a sex cult. Now, sex cults notoriously ruin people's lives, but today, sex cults are far more powerful. You see, historically, a sex cult might influence the aristocracy through the supply of sex slaves. If you got a steady flow of young women or young men or even children, whatever it is that you're into, and you don't want that supply to be cut off, well, you might have to negotiate with your sex slave supplier. And so the leader of a sex cult then has some influence, some power over you. But now, now we have photography, we have audio recording, and most importantly, we have video recording. Any important person who joins a sex cult, a celebrity, a CEO, a politician, these people will always, as soon as they indulge in any kind of humiliating or better yet illegal sexual deviancy, the sex cult leader will have certainly recorded it. And then that sex cult owns you. And we know that this has been going on because of the famous case of Jeffrey Epstein. Many people suspect that Epstein was connected to the CIA, and many people believe that Epstein was in fact a CIA operative with a very particular task, to tempt important people into sexual deviancy, particularly with underage girls, to record this and then to pass these recordings on to the CIA. This would, of course, make the CIA extraordinarily powerful, giving them the means to control dozens, if not hundreds, of important people all over the world. And to protect themselves from being exposed by Epstein after he was arrested, Epstein, of course, would have had to die. So, sex cults are perfect for gathering material with which to blackmail important people. The Sabbatean Frankism is especially perfect because of the V-shaped path to enlightenment, the requirement that one must debase oneself and commit vile, humiliating acts, because of that, anybody who joins this cult would necessarily have to voluntarily put themselves in a position to be blackmailed. That is a requirement of this particular cult. Now, I'm not sure that the Sabatine Frankists are still around. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Who knows? After going down this rabbit hole, I came to a realization. Sex cults do exist, and they are very powerful. Sex cults are just too valuable not to exist. If a person can organize a sex cult or some other organization that supplies rich, famous, and powerful people with objects of sexual desire, orgies, beautiful women, young men, or even children, and if they can record the encounters and blackmail these important people, well then, 
this kind of enterprise would be extremely valuable. Such an enterprise would make the blackmailer very rich and very powerful. And so any sufficiently sinister person who could manage such an enterprise will do it, even with the risk of imprisonment or even death. It's just too valuable. So we know such organizations must exist, and yet we don't see such organizations raided, exposed, nor the criminals arrested. And so since they're not being caught, they must still be out there, and they must be successful. Occasionally, you see some sex cult exposed and dismantled, but I don't hear about them blackmailing important people, so I'm not worried about them. They seem pretty small time. I'm not worried about the sex cults we've heard about. I'm worried about the ones we haven't. The reason why the Sabbatean Frankists specifically are such an attractive group about which to speculate is twofold. They have a theological imperative to do evil, either for personal enlightenment or to usher in the messianic age. And so this could explain a lot. The Biden administration and Democrats generally seem to act against the best interest of the American people. Why? Politicians are supposed to govern in a way that improves the quality of life of everyday Americans. Why would they so often intentionally take actions that seem to hurt us? The billionaire George Soros famously funded the campaigns of powerful district attorneys throughout the nation over the past few years. Today, 75 Soros-funded DAs have power over about a fifth of the American population. These DAs seem to be intentionally reducing prison sentences for hardened criminals, and they're letting many of these criminals out of prison. And violent crime rates throughout the country have risen to untenable heights. This is especially true in New York City, where violent crime has increased 40% between 2021 and 2022. If you release violent criminals, of course you're going to get more violent crime. So why do it? Well, naturally, those who think that many important people are secretly Sabbatean Frankists will suppose that it's because these people are trying to make the world a more evil place, and by doing so, usher in their messianic age. That is, a Sabbatean Frankist or the related Sabbatean Donmate, these cultures have a mandate to blend in, to pretend to be Jews or Catholics or Muslims or whatever it is the culture in which they live expects them to be. You see, I mentioned before that the Sabbateans all converted to Islam, but it was just pretend, right? Well, the Frankists did the same thing. They pretended to convert to Judaism. They, they pretended to convert to Catholicism, but they didn't really. In reality, they continue to practice their weird sex cult. If such a sex cult does control many of the most powerful politicians in America, it would make sense that they would hate somebody like Donald Trump. In order to convince a man to join the cult, the man needs a temptation. If he wants sex with women, that has to be something that he can't get on his own. Trump never really had much trouble with that. Or they might promise great success, but Trump's a billionaire. Or maybe they can supply drugs, but Trump has never done any kind of illegal drugs. And look, maybe if they can't tempt you with drugs or women or success, maybe if you're already doing some drugs, they just find your dealer and sprinkle in a little bit of something to mess up your brain. Or maybe if they can't, you don't do any drugs, maybe they threaten you. They threaten to take out your family, something like that. But Trump has pretty dang good security. Trump is untouchable. And if they can't blackmail you, if they can't bribe you, and if they can't threaten you, then they can't control you, and Trump can't be controlled. But many politicians do seem controlled. Adam Schiff, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Adam Kinzinger, and of course, 
Joe Biden. Hillary Clinton once said in one of her speeches, everybody's watching all of the backroom discussions and deals, you know, then people get a little nervous to say the least. So you need both a public and private position. What Hillary Clinton is saying here is that as a politician, it's necessary to be two-faced. She's saying that lying is good. Naturally, if you're a conspiracy theorist who knows anything about the Sabatian Frankists or the Donme, you're going to make a connection there. In fact, any time a powerful person is caught in a grand deception, this connection would be a natural one to make. And the conspiracy theories that I read go on to speculate about just about everyone in power today as being a Frankist or being controlled by these guys. The idea is that over the centuries, these Frankists have climbed into the highest positions of power and influence in the major religions, industry, and governments throughout the world. And this theory is very attractive because it would explain many of the deviant behaviors we see from powerful people. For instance, it fits perfectly with the Catholic priest scandal. Sexual abuse of children is seen as abhorrent by devout Catholics. And so it was shocking to hear that some Catholic priests, men who were supposed to be the most devout Catholics, were accused of such horrific crimes. But the crimes make a lot more sense if some of these priests were secretly members of a secret cult with a mandate to commit acts of sexual deviance and religious disobedience. And so you see how this practice of fitting in and pretending to adopt other religions and cultures might be attractive to conspiracy theorists. So, is this theory right? Well, there's a danger here. If we are to believe that these Frankists run the world, that they have infiltrated the major religions, industries, and governments of the world, and that they operate in secret, then we are likely to suspect that any public figure who ever lies for whatever reason that they belong to this cult. Any politician that we disagree with, they're in the cult. You see, it's too universally applicable. If you go looking for signs of Sabatine Frankism in politicians and celebrities, you're inevitably going to see this cult everywhere, and often in cases where the cult, if it still exists at all, has nothing to do with it. You see, people do evil stuff all the time, and it's not because they're part of a nihilistic cult. There's a myriad of reasons why people are evil. Something like a messianic cult or a path to enlightenment through sin and depravity. These are two possible reasons, sure. But there's often a much simpler motivation. Greed. Most people commit crimes simply out of greed. People also want fame, they want power, they want sex, and all these things can motivate a person to be evil. And there are countless other motivations, revenge, hatred, anger, resentment, boredom, mental illness, delusions, and even the simple temptation toward evil itself. So what do I think of all this at the end of the day? Well, it seems like this cult really did exist. And it's certainly plausible that it still exists today. And it's certainly possible that there are Sabatian Frankist cult members still scattered throughout the world who still believe this stuff, who act in depraved ways and are taking real measures to actively try to make the world a more evil place. And maybe some of these people even exist in the highest levels of government, in the highest levels of corporations and in the news media and in Hollywood. Given the nature of some politicians, it might be harder to believe that these people don't exist. Well, I, I don't know if these Sabatine Frankists exist. I have no proof of it. And taking idle speculation and turning it into a firm belief can be very dangerous. So I don't think anybody should rush to judgment about this quickly. That said, I do believe that sex cults exist today and that they do control some very powerful people. 
As I said before, sex cults are just too valuable not to exist. Any sufficiently sinister person who can do it will do it. And since they've not been exposed, they must still exist. Well, that's it for me. Let me know what you guys think in the comments below. And remember, it's not that the liberal friends are ignorant. It's just they know so much that is not so. Good night. The destiny of man is not measured by material computations. When great forces are on the move in the world, we learn we're spirits, not animals. There's something going on in time and space and beyond time and space, which, whether we like it or not, spells duty.